Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Brown Girl Reviews podcast. So in this week's video, I want to review the Capitol Hill storming. So we're, I'm sure, we're all well aware of the Capitol Hill storming that occurred on Wednesday, January 6th. So I just want to review it because there's, like, it isn't just an incident that occurred that doesn't have too much significance or, you know, it's like an out of the blue incident. It's not. These kinds of things happen all the time. This is just like a new extreme of it. So I want to talk about this instance itself. I want to talk about the significance that it's had, not only in the United States, but here in Canada as well. And yeah, I just want to review the Capitol Hill storming. So first i want to do like a little timeline just a little context of what happened in case you're not fully familiar with the events that took place so essentially in a video um trump the day before the storming um trump incited his supporters um to march down capitol hill he told them you know it's the election was stolen from us we have to save america and so he encouraged them to go out there and protest um and especially since january 6th was the day that congress was meeting to count electoral college votes and certify joe biden's presidency and so you know in a video he said go down there i'll be with you and on wednesday january 6th a save america rally turned into the storming of capitol hill and so protesters were you know just right outside capitol hill at first still police were not really there i mean i'm sure they were there maybe in the crowd but they weren't there to stop anything and um they finally you know breached the building and they went inside with weapons and this forced the um the counting of votes to stop and it forced the house to go into lockdown and so a lot of these um white supremacists a lot of these people that were in the mob they were waving confederate flags they were waving kkk flags and that is the confederate flag with a cross in the middle and they were waving blue lives matter flags um so president-elect joe biden soon after this happened he broadcasted to the public and he called for Trump to condemn these white supremacists and these terrorists and to recant his earlier statement. Um, you know, he said, at his best, a president can inspire and at his worst, he can incite. And I think those words are really compelling and they really go to show just what Trump has been doing throughout his entire presidency. Um, and President Trump, he initially rebuffed and resisted requests to mobilize the National Guard to quell the violent protests at the Capitol. And finally, it was Vice President Mike Pence who approved it. Um, so one woman was shot and died during a standoff with police. Three other people died of their injuries later. Um, and after the National Guard had removed the protesters from inside the building, Washington's Mayor Bowser imposed a curfew from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., and this was the end of the storming of Capitol Hill. 
So after this took place, um, YouTube took down Trump's initial video, which incited his supporters to storm the Capitol. Um, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and many other social media platforms banned Trump's account. Um, I think it's really funny, actually, that TikTok banned Trump before Trump banned TikTok. Anyway, and um, Google also pulled Parler from its app store, and Apple suspended Parler from its app store. So if you don't know what Parler is, it's an app made for I'm putting this in quotes, free speech, okay? So it attracts a lot of right-wing extremists. Um, most, most of their content is far-right content, anti-Semitism, and conspiracy theories such as QAnon. Um, so yeah, that's what Parler is. And this was pulled from Google and suspended on Apple. So the significance of this event is huge. I mean... It just, it shows what centuries of white supremacy built up can eclipse to. Um, I mean, like, the response to this compared to the response to Black Lives Matter protests were so different. I mean, the fact that people are even calling this a protest is just so stupid because it's like it's not a protest this is this is insurrection this is breaking into capitol hill which when you know black lives matter would even um protest near capitol hill i mean i'm pretty sure some of you might remember um trump tear gassing crowds um having the national guard tear gas crowds so that he could um walk up to church steps and take a picture with the bible that's what he did during Black Lives Matter protests. But during this, I mean, they just had free reign to walk into Capitol Hill. And just the pictures uh, from these from journalists capturing this moment have just really shown like the harrowing image of white supremacy in the United States. There are so many black people in prison right now on marijuana charges. And then there's this guy, I'm not going to give him the dignity of saying his name, who literally walked inside the Capitol building and started just smoking some weed. And like that right there, that image just shows like the parallels between the two races in the United States and how one race is literally still in prison today for having marijuana-related charges and the other feels that it's their right to walk into this building and do whatever they please and steal and loot and do absolutely anything that they want um so i also want to talk about you know there was this like a lot of people were like oh where are the police where's the police and i saw this really funny tweet that obviously minimizes like the whole thing but it was essentially the tweet was um do you ask where miley cyrus is when hannah montana is on stage no so why are you guys asking where the cops are because i mean a lot of them were just part of the mob and there was also this video that surfaced on twitter of cops literally like opening the barricades and opening the gates to let people into capitol building which it just says a lot about police and why we've been saying a cab and why we've been saying abolish the police because th this is why this is exactly why and so a lot of the mob you know they're not just pro-trump they're not just 
trying to like they don't genuinely believe that the election was stolen they're just white supremacists and this can be seen really from a lot of the symbols that they were waving and a lot of the gear that they were wearing um there were so many white supremacist symbols i mean i I talked about this before i talked about the confederate flag the kkk flag so many other things that they were just waving around as literal symbols of white supremacy and um there was also this one woman, this one white woman who um, was with a reporter and she was rubbing her eyes with this blue cloth and she was saying, you know, she tried to walk into the building and police maced her and that's essentially what her story was and her eyes were red and puffy and like, like tears were streaming down her face and all this stuff and so people were like, oh wow, like okay, she got maced. But then another video came up literally showing earlier her rubbing an onion into this cloth. Her literally like holding an onion in this cloth and then later just rubbing her eyes with the same cloth and being like, oh, I got maced, I got maced. When in reality, that's not the truth. And it's so funny to me how badly they want to be oppressed. Like it just blows my mind because I mean, the concept of white woman tears in itself has been a huge part of white supremacy in the united states and racism um you know white woman tears are the idea that you know a white woman is fragile she's precious she needs to be protected and when there are white woman tears it puts a lot of people of color in danger um i mean white woman tears are what led to emmett till it's what happened um to the central park five it's what happened earlier this year when that woman um called the cops on the black guy at central park who was like walking his dog or he was just like jogging or something i don't remember exactly but that's what white woman tears are and so she really tried to use this in a totally different context but in reality she was just really trying to be oppressed and trying to make it seem as if they were the victims when they're not and um another thing is the whole say her name being appropriated for the woman who was shot and died during a standoff with the police at Capitol Hill. So a lot of people, they were like, oh, she, like, this woman was shot by the police. Um, and they started, you know, especially on Twitter going, say her name. And especially because it, it came out that she was a veteran. And it's just so despicable how white people appropriated say her name for this white woman when say her name has always been for black women like how do you want people to feel sympathy for a woman getting shot and dying because she was a terrorist and when you do nothing about brianna taylor who was shot while she was sleeping where exactly do you want people to come up with the sympathy for that because it's not there and the appropriation of say her name itself is just so disgusting um and another thing is just trump's hypocrisy i mean we know this he's a hypocrite it's just how it is and it's just really funny how you know he went from when the looting starts the shooting starts to we love you you're very special like on his twitter video you know because he was talking and he was like you guys have to go home i mean the election was stolen by evil evil people and we love you and you're very special but go home like the rhetoric is just so hypocritical and the fact that this is what it took 
for apps like Parler to be banned or suspended is just, it's just so telling. I mean, like, like, okay, Parler, they've been threatened before of like being suspended or being banned because of the violent and hateful rhetoric that is spread all across that app. But it took this. It took President Trump literally inciting an insurrection for an app like this to be banned. And I think that's just very telling. And, um, you know, another thing that is really significant about the Capitol Hill storming is that pro-Trump rallies also started across Canada. So from Toronto to Vancouver to Alberta to Windsor, there were so many rallies, um, cars going down the street with, um, you know, Make America Great Again flags, uh, pro-Trump memorabilia with um, Stop the Steal gear, all these different things, and carrying a lot of white supremacist symbols with them as well. And I think, I think if anything, this should be a wake-up call to people in the, in Canada who think that racism doesn't exist here that white supremacy doesn't exist here because it's here and all it took was trump and this capitol hill storming to embolden people and to make people bold enough and courageous enough to go out in the street and show who they really are so like we don't see it like explicitly here but it's here and if you're not a person of color you don't know that but if you're a person of color in canada you know racism exists here but i think that this is a wake-up call for white people in Canada and specifically people who think racism doesn't exist in Canada. One of the um, biggest people who, oh my god, thinks racism doesn't exist in Canada, he wrote an article about this, was Rex Murphy, who is a journalist with the National Post. This man, this old white man who does not know much at all about race relations in Canada, um, you know, said, first of all, in the summer that racism doesn't exist in Canada. And he recently came out with an article saying that in any scenario, like looting is unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. Either way, people like him need to understand that this is the reality in Canada, that we are not very different from the United States. We share our border. We share very similar values. We share a very similar history. So it's really not that different. Um, also, so the U.S. House today introduced an impeachment article accusing Trump of incitement of insurrection. So they tried to get him, um, like, removed from power uh, using the 25th Amendment, but this was blocked by the Republicans of the House. So now they are going to impeach him for a second time. And so many people are confident that this article will pass and that it will make Trump the first U.S. president to be impeached twice. And, you know, a lot of people are also asking why impeach and convict a president who has only a few days left in office? And to this, I bring Bernie Sanders' words, as he so eloquently put it, precedent. It must be made clear that no president, now or in the future, can lead an insurrection against the U.S. government. And I think he's absolutely correct. This precedent has to be set that nothing like this is acceptable and nothing like this can ever happen again because if you just let it slide it's giving every white supremacist in that country and in canada what they want to see and what they want to hear so um that's something that i saw today on the news so 
I'm excited for that to happen. And I also, like, finally want to talk about the language that has been used to describe these events throughout, you know, the news, throughout the media. And even, like, very liberal news channels and media channels have described the mob that stormed Capitol Hill as domestic terrorists and not terrorists and I think that's a distinction that shouldn't be made I don't think that's necessary because by doing that you're feeding into white supremacy because when you separate domestic terrorists from terrorists you're separating the white supremacists that stormed Capitol Hill and putting them at a different level than the Muslim children who get called terrorists at school, at work, at, on the streets every single day. It feeds right into Islamophobia. It feeds right into white supremacy when you don't just call them terrorists. Because, putting, because distinguishing them as domestic terrorists means that there's something different. They're not the same. It's not as bad as those who caused 9-11. It's not as bad but it is just as bad it's insurrection it's the same thing so and it's white supremacy that's the only difference so there really shouldn't be a difference there shouldn't be this distinguishing just because they're white there really should not be this distinguishing they should just be called terrorists because i mean every single day muslim people have to suffer being called terrorists all the fucking time and it's just not okay that they get called that and people that actually are terrorists get this special label. It's just not fair. And the language, it feeds right into white supremacy and Islamophobia. And my final point that I want to bring up, which is kind of like a good thing, but like it's really not. I mean, okay, so it's about Officer Eugene Goodman. Officer Eugene Goodman is a hero. He really is. So he is a black police officer who was defending a mob of white supremacists, you know, as they broke into the Capitol building. And there is a video of this that was captured by um, Igor Bobich. He is a politics reporter at the Huff Post. And so he recorded this video. So Officer Eugene Goodman, he was protecting this one part of the building literally all by himself him and his baton against this mob of white supremacists and so there's a so in the video he's like standing in this hallway and he looks to the left of him and to the left of him is the senate chamber and that is where he knows that lawmakers are hiding and that they're not safe and so he starts looking to the right of him and he begins to pretend that he's defending the right of him you know he starts moving more to the right he starts pushing back the mob leader and this leads the mob to become more agitated and they start following officer goodman and literally chasing him as officer goodman starts running and officer goodman literally uses himself as bait to lead them to another area of capital where law enforcement like awaits the mob and um it's really funny in the video when you see the mob running into this hall and they just see a bunch of police officers and their faces just drop and they're like, oh, okay, we've been fooled. But um, but yeah, I mean, in this video, like, 
officer Eugene Goodman, he literally used himself as bait to protect lawmakers of a country that does not even protect him. And it's just, he's he's a hero. He, he didn't have to do that and he did it. And he literally put himself and his life at risk. So he is a hero. So yeah, that is my review of Capitol Hill. And I literally just wanted to give you guys an idea of how delicate and fragile democracy is because democracy rests in the hands of the people and when the people decide that they want to create insurrection and storm capitol hill it's not that hard to just ruin democracy and ruin democracy in the country that first started democracy so it's really just it's ironic but it's really sad and it also goes to show just the mindset and the mentality of white supremacists in the united states and just how powerful they are and one last thing the leader and founder of the proud boys is canadian by the way and the conservative party of canada i'm not saying that they are far right or as far right as the conservative party like sorry as the republicans in the united states but a lot of them have been seen wearing a lot of trump gear make america great again hats and a lot of their members have met with the founder of the proud boys and that's just where we're at right now and everything that's happened in the past four years with trump has really emboldened white supremacists not only in the united states but in canada as well and i just wanted to highlight that reality so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and i hope you guys stay safe and i will see you next week bye guys